I'm hitting record, so when you're ready, go ahead. Technology is often touted as something that can make our lives better, but what happens when people decide that the technology might not be as cool as others say it is? We've got some big examples this week of technologies that are failing the gut instinct quiz. Plus, Meta has an up and down week as they reveal advertising revenues are up, but the government is not happy about how they're addicting young people. These topics and more on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. The guy behind the monitors is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, what's up? Uh, lots of stuff going on this week. Thanks for joining us on this tech roundup. Uh, let's start right off with the uh, right off the bat with some of these emerging tech failures. Uh, first of all, let's talk about driverless cars. The California Department of Motor Vehicles has suspended Cruise's autonomous driving permit to, uh, this week, effectively halting its robot taxi service in San Francisco. The DMV said that Cruise's vehicles are not safe for public operation and the company has misrepresented information related to the safety of the technology of its vehicles. Cruise is a majority controlled by General Motors, which has invested deeply in the division and is looking to introduce a fully autonomous shuttle called the Origin, which does not have a steering wheel or manual controls. Uh, the move basically represents another setback for GM's driverless car division as it tries to expand its paid ride service to more U.S. cities to pr and prove to investors that the business of ferrying passengers in self-driving vehicles can be a major profit generator in the coming years. Last week, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said it opened a safety defect probe into nearly 600 driverless cars operated by Cruise. A California agency last year also looked into an anonymous letter that claimed Cruise was preparing to launch its robo-taxi robo server service prematurely the other big firm out there that's doing this is waymo which is backed by google mm -hmm. so or alphabet so uh waymo i know that they're big in arizona in the phoenix area um they haven't had as many problems i think as as gm's cruise division um but if you go to the next if you go to the next part here um there was an incident i didn't even realize this happened this happened earlier in the month where you go to the second one i think the oh second article yeah the second article um, in San Francisco, a, wo a uh, woman was pinned underneath a driverless cruise vehicle after being struck by a hit-and-run driver. So a hit-and-run driver probably hit, well, hit this person, and then she got, you know, as from the impact of this, yeah. another driverless car basically just ran her over or stopped, but underneath her, uh, on top yeah. of her. And probably couldn't recognize, probably didn't pick her up. Right. Um you know, and this is actually according to video footage taken by Cruz. The autonomous cruise vehicle came to stop on top of the pedestrian, according to the San Francisco Fire Department. Video of the collision was viewed by the Wall Street Journal. Rescue crews had to lift the car off the woman who was then transported to a hospital with traumatic injuries. Jeez. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, like, so it's not like this, this person was in the car and something happened. It was more like a pedestrian as an accident caused by another person. Yeah. Now, some people in the, in the autonomous driving space would say, well, if every, if every autonomous vehicle was on the road and you had no human drivers, then you might not have a hit and run you know, incident that would then have this other thing happen. I don't think the car stopped quickly. Uh, right. When that happened. If you look at the writing on the back of the, what does it say? May stop quickly. Yeah. I don't think, it, <laughs> I, don't I think, think it, it failed. I think it failed. That yeah. Part. So, and again, we've talked about this on the show a few times. We've had some people 
uh, on the show talking about some of the failures. I think a few weeks ago we we saw there was video of of I th- it was either Cruz or Waymo, but they got stuck in the concrete. Yeah. Like you know, there was a construction zone and there was some wet cement, and they got stuck in that. Um, I'm sure if 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 we looked for it every week, we could probably find some more incidents. Um, and that's not even talking about the Tesla stuff where. A lot of the Tesla owners are, they think it's, it's fully autom- automated driving, um, but it's really not. It's more of an auto assist type of technology. Are you um, talking about the Tesla self-driving yeah, feature? Yeah, like self-driving the, mode, but yeah. it's not really the full self, self-driving that, uh, that some of these other companies are doing right. uh, in the taxi space. Plus, you know, then there's the whole thing that we've talked about, about where people are doing nasty things inside of these cars. Yeah. At, at this point, I'm not ever going to get into one of these, these cars, at least for a while. Not that they would come to this area. I mean, the the thing is, is um, again, I, I think they're moving too quickly on this. I mean, and we're, we're going to talk about this later, but I think the same with EVs as well. Yeah. I think companies are just moving too quickly on it, and I think they need to polish the safety and security and the, and the tech behind it to uh, have them be safe. Yeah. So I, I think they're focusing too much on the profit angle mm-hmm. and not so much on the uh well you know, again, ethical yeah, safety the the profit and the, the profit and the revenue driven on self-driving cars is because they're connecting it to these robo taxi services uh, mm-hmm. which is why you see uber and lyft investing heavily into these these car companies because they don't want apparently they don't want to pay drivers anymore and the idea yeah. would would be well we can have these robo taxis and you can pay you know, to get an Uber somewhere, but it won't be from a regular driver. It'd be from one of these robot cars um, rather than developing the technology that would allow people to buy them individually. I think the big feeling is, is that you and I will probably not ever own a self-driving car because they won't be available. Yeah. For I, don't, I don't think many, so. many decades. Yeah. Um, so that's why they're pointing in that direction of the car service and the, the share riding services. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I want to bring the, the next story up on this. And this is the reason I grouped them together, because this is another highly hyped technology that is um, showing some some cracks in the armor, so to speak. General Motors, uh, again, an, GM has had a bad week. Uh, they are abandoning <laughs> a self-imposed target to build 400,000 electric vehicles by mid-2024. The latest sign that automakers are concerned about the viability of battery-powered cars and the market for that. Uh, they basically walked back their goal while reporting a healthy third quarter profit, despite the hit from the continuing uh, United Auto Workers strike. The walkout, which began in mid-September, is now costing GM about $200 million a week in profit. Uh, the move on EVs is a surprise one for a company that has bet its future on the technology, anticipating that it will eventually phase out sales of gasoline-powered vehicles next decade. It comes as rivals, including Tesla and Ford Motor Company, have also raised red flags about consumer demand for EVs and buyers' willingness to pay a premium for them over traditional models. Again, this is why everyone should subscribe to our channel and, and watch our videos. We've been talking about this for months. Yeah, not necessarily because of the vehicles themselves. I mean, the vehicles themselves, I think, are really good. Yeah, it's the infrastructure behind it or to support it is my big problem. And then the cost as well and the types of driving that people will do uh, to support an EV, an EV kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I think a lot of people in maybe a lot of other industries have been saying the same thing. But yeah, it's... EV, we're just not ready yet. Um, like you were saying, the infrastructure is not there. And um, 
Yeah. Like what I mean, was I mean, the, what was I mean, are, are you rushing out to go buy an EV? No. I'm not. No, absolutely why not. Why would I why would I spend another I have one car. My wife has her own car. Yeah. And we both travel long distances to get to majority work. of the time. Right. To get to work, to get to where we need to go. And it's like, wow, I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna sell either of our cars for an EV. Like it's gonna be so much more of a hassle. We would have to get a uh, EV charger installed in our house. Mm-hmm. And right now our circuit board our circuit breaker already maxed out. Yep. As told by our electrician. And it's going to increase our electricity bill. It's 12, what is it? What was it? Uh, we talked about this before, MK, MKBH. I think it was 12,000, 12,000 yeah. watts. 1.21 gigawatts. Like, give me a break. Uh, I mean, again, personally, I don't, what, but what's I, interesting is that the, you yeah. might be in the market for such a vehicle because you do have a long-ish commute. So in theory, if, well, no, again, no, you've got I, the house, you've got the house issue where you'd have to upgrade your circuit well, board. Yeah, we would but have you to could upgrade. drive to work and, and, and charge it here in the garage that allows for those charging stations. They have charging stations here in the garage. Only a couple. Well, you'd have to fight people for it, I guess. Exactly. I don't want to fight <laughs> over, I mean, how you should, I mean, I mean, look where we're located, right? We're located somewhat I within a city, right? Well, so it's city-ish. Uh, there's even, probably like no, it's, 10 yeah. or 12 electric vehicles that are parked in our in the garage here. Easily. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I thought all the charges were in the basement, and I've never gotten down that far in the basement. No, they're the floor, on the, the, uh, the first floor, I believe. Well, I think they're also in the basement. They, they, I think they have another level down there. Imagine if that flooded. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Maybe they're not on that level. Yeah, no, they're not in the basement. They're on the first. <laughs> I know we had a lot level. of we had a lot of uh, drippy, droppy uh, rain stuff over the summer, and I noticed that parts of the garage had big puddles in them. Um, I don't think I'd want to have my, an EV parked in one of those big puddles. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, I mean, it, GM it, it, is felt, it, it also feels like that the consumer demand or the lack of demand would be for what other families use their car for. I mean, there's a lot of road trips that you take in the summer or vacation type things or driving to grandma's house for the holidays. And that's where the infrastructure comes in where, you know, if you don't have the right charging station network or if it's on the right path, you're going to be in trouble. I saw an Instagram uh, real the other day of this guy was like he was this was not a Tesla charging station this was the other network mm-hmm. that's available and he he filmed there were four charging stations there and three of the ones the only open ones there were three of them and all of them were broken and then all of them were out of service and he's like I'm gonna just have to like leave this car on the road and just be dead yeah I because think I can't charge it at this station like this is the only station I could I, do this at I think the only people I mean I think a large majority of people who are going to buy EVs, one, are going to be comfortable being able to define, you know, they're only going to use their EV from point A to point B. That's it. They're not going to use it really for any other travel. It's going to be defined. They're going to use their EV for a defined mode of transportation for a defined location. Um, So there's that. Another option is, one, you can afford a second car. Or a third car. Yeah. And it's it's going to be your... Just for commutes. Just just for commuting. Or just um, from Within like the said. city or something yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, I think that's really the only... Yeah, like the other, the other disappointing news that... Of. The other disappointing news I've been hearing about this is a lot of these automakers are abandoning plans to try to make these less expensive. 
So maybe it's because they they think that the technology, even if they were able to develop a less expensive version, then maybe the market wouldn't buy one of these things. Yeah. So that they'll just develop the higher end stuff because they know that those types of people that can afford it might be more interested in in an EV future right. or an EV type car. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. L- look at... um. Like where where do you think this is going to you think this is going to be a full backlash slowdown or is this a temporary blip and then I think they'll I, get they'll get this this solved. I think it's going to be a slowdown. I think it's going to be a slowdown. Um I mean if we just look at Ford and the Ford F150 Lightning. Yeah, that was their pickup truck, right? I mean, how much revenue did they lose from it? I think it was like 75%. It yeah. was some take that with a grain of salt, but that's what I remember. I remember it was a substantial amount. Yeah of revenue that they lost and um and even it, even tesla has issues tesla, with the cyber truck like they're not are they even for sale no nah, they, they i think they they bailed the cyber they bailed on the cyber truck i believe um but even tesla the regular the tesla models tesla y whatever the sedan model i think they've even lost money on that as well because um, i think people are starting to realize it's not so sunshine and rainbows trying to drive it anywhere you want to go yeah because again you have to you have to make sure there's chargers where you're going and you know range anxiety and stuff like that like i don't drive an ev for that you know because i I don't want to be in that situation yeah right so um at at least at least we're seeing fewer and fewer stories out there of the big push towards ev i think Maybe the government's backed off on some of these these push. You don't hear as much. Well, maybe it's just because I'm not monitoring the news as much, or there's so much other news going on with world problems and I, things like that. That uh, you know, I it's think, on the back burner. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a slowdown. Yeah, you're going to see a slowdown in EV sales. I think that's inevitable. Which, my my opinion. Yeah. That's what I think. I think you're going to see a slowdown in EV sales. Okay? Which which shows you that money talks. It from, does for a lot of people. It, it, it and does companies. You're going to see the slowdown, and then what's going to happen is you're going to see an uptick in hybrid, mm-hmm. and this is where Toyota comes in. Yep, they're going to dominate that market just like they they did from the beginning with their hybrid model, the Prius, right? And uh, you're just going to see more hybrids. You're yeah. going to see more hybrids. The new Tacoma is a hybrid. The new Forerunner is going to be a hybrid, and 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 you know we just have to think about this too. But Toyota's is one of the highest selling. Car brand out there. Yeah. So let's just assume, okay, and again, people might have issue with this, but let's just <laughs> assume Toyota is the top car brand out there. Yeah. One of the top. Yeah. So I think Toyota is going to crank out more hybrids because I think that's really the way to go. Okay. Yes. It's not full electric. It's not full gas. It's in between. Yeah. It's in between. Yeah. It's more sensible. It's it's much more easier for people to buy into that. Yeah. And it's more, right? the infrastructure is there to support a hybrid because you've got gas stations and then you've got charging stations. Well, if, and they're self-regenerative, right? It's yeah. got the regenerative braking and all that. It can charge the, the battery in, internally and stuff. But And they're less expensive than an EV, correct? Yeah, well. But they, still they, slightly. They should be. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's slightly more be. expensive than a regular Right. Gas vehicle. Right. But, you know, Toyota's going to do its thing. And then hopefully you should see the other car makers kind of jump on board and and continue their, their push with um, with hybrid. But, I, yeah, I, there's 
there has to be a slowdown in EVs. I just don't see it. Yeah, I think that the money. I, you I know, don't the, see it. If you know a lot of vehicles on empty on on lots that are unsold, you'll start seeing either a price drop as as they try to get these off the lot, or like yeah, they'll 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 switch to a different version. Yeah. Yeah, because like if if we if we looked outside right now, if we looked on like Google Maps, right, and we looked around for EV charging stations, right, if if there were as many EV charging stations as there were gasoline stations, then yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, the car manufacturers would have an issue selling those cars. Yeah, yeah. But again, the infrastructure is not there, so I think it's it's going to be a slowdown. All right. So I want to this this story is ne- not necessarily a tech fail, but it is something I wanted to talk about. There was a security firm that is now claiming it, it can unlock the Iron Key USB drive, which is holding 7,000 Bitcoin hostage, basically. Um, but the owner of this is politely declining this offer. So let me give you some backstory on this, because this, uh, this was about 10 years ago. Stefan, Stefan Thomas was awarded 7,002 Bitcoins over a decade ago in exchange for helping produce an animated video about the budding cryptocurrency. Uh, what he, the programmer stored the digital currency on a highly encrypted USB drive known as an iron key, and he wrote down the password on a sheet of paper for safekeeping. Ugh. Predictably, that piece of paper ended up missing, and the crypto has been locked in digital purgatory ever since. So, this was about 10 years ago. So, the device has a built-in mechanism that only allows for 10 password guesses before its contents are destroyed. In 2021, Thomas told the New York Times that he has only two guesses left. So his first eight guesses on what this password would be were wrong. Um, now, at the same time, a team of hackers and cryptographers formed uh, a startup called Unciphered, which specializes in breaking into lock drives like the one Thomas owns. In early 2023, they started working on iron key devices similar to what they believe Thomas is in possession of as part of an operation they call Project Everest. Uh the team eventually found some cracks in the armor, bits of code that looked sloppy or was written in a way that was not ideal. They bought every example of the aging device they could get their hands on and used high-end technology like CT scanners to help reverse engineer the drive, uh, going as far as to build a full 3D model of the stick's secure enclave. Now, earlier, earlier in July, the team said they successfully read the contents of a decrypted iron key drive for the very first time. So now what they want to do is they reached out, so then they reached out to Thomas to s- see... If you know, hey, we 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 can we can unlock this. They probably want a percentage of the Bitcoin, to be honest. Um, but Thomas basically said he's always wor- he's working with a different set of experts on recovery and is not in a position to negotiate with someone else right now. Uh, it is possible that the current team could decide to subcontract to Un- Unciphered if they feel that that's the best option. "Quote: We'll have to wait and see." So. The value uh, currently of Bitcoin is around $34,300 per coin. So the value of this, what's on this drive, is $240 million as of this writing. So, wow. yeah. So there's a lot at stake. Now, the article also said, like, don't feel too bad for this guy because he's also got millions of dollars from other ventures. So it's not like he needs the money yeah. at this point. Um and obviously it's a warning for please, you know, don't write your password down on a sheet of paper because it'll eventually get thrown out or you'll misplace it or you'll forget where he should have just copied his USB drive to another one. Just I'm make, not sure just make versions you, of it. Maybe you can't. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I know. But, I know you can't. I'm yeah, you kidding. can't necessarily do that. That's the whole point of the secure drive. <laughs> 
So you can't copy it. Then you'd be really, you'd really be rich. I mean, the, the copy whole, and paste, the whole know? 10 password. It's all one and zero, ones and zeros, <laughs> isn't it? The whole, the whole 10, 10 guesses before it self-destructs, um, I guess was a security feature of, of this device. Um, it makes me think of movies that, you know, where you only get two or three guesses before the, the system breaks down. Um, but it's, it's I just I just think it's an interesting story. I don't know if you're as interested in it as, as I am, but I honestly I um it's weird. It's like you don't really hear much of Bitcoin at all anywhere. Except for the people that will automatically tell you yeah, when they're I mean, in Bitcoin. I mean, I don't <laughs> I mean I'm not trying to find news in, in Bitcoin yeah. and stuff like that, but well, I think what well, you know the whole Sam Bankman free trial that's going on right now. Yeah. We haven't covered that, but um, have you been paying attention? I mean, I've, other no, than I, other than everyone turned on him, no, I, everyone, I everyone took plea deals except for him, of course. And so uh, I think he's set to testify. So maybe I'll pay attention to his testimony. Um, but um, it's it kind of reminds me of um, what came after Bitcoin NFTs. Yeah, you definitely NFTs I, I, are gone, I, right? Those are right, dead. Right. Yeah, well. Okay. Because sometimes, and again, this, this, this taps into the whole theme of, of almost every story that we're talking about today. It's sometimes common sense makes sense. Well, you know, with a lot of these technologies, there's all this hype that goes around certain technologies. And then, you know, you, you do the gut instinct check and you're like, well, that's not really for me. Um, AR VR is another area of, of technology that we're trying to like promote and hype and, and then if you know if you ask an average user about it, they just go, well, "That looks stupid," or "I don't think I would ever use that." Yeah. Um, I mean, the interest on the, uh, even our audience is not interested in ARVR as much as I am apparently, because every time we do something on ARVR, no one comments or talks about I, it. I actually have a friend who uh, messaged me the other day. He he asked me if he's interested if I'm interested in his ARVR headset. I can't remember the name of it. Was he trying to sell it to you? It's just trying to get rid of like it. Like a used one. Yeah. It's just it's turned into a paperweight. Yeah. Doesn't I, really use it. Doesn't find the. I've got the know. the PlayStation one, the first one that's collecting dust on my shelf. But like I, okay, I'll probably like if I had one. Okay, I'd I'd probably use it a couple times and say, oh, okay, I got my my fun out of it, and then. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about I was thinking about getting the the Meta uh, Oculus Three, mm-hmm. the new one or the Quest Three. That that that's what he that's out. what he's, he's oh he wants to, to sell you a Quest Three I or a think, Quest Two. I think so. I he's probably probably buying a Quest Three and he wants to get rid of it. The Quest Two, the previous one. Okay. I would okay. if I I would say no. I would hold out for the three. The three is probably five hundred bucks. Let me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can I can um, talk him down on the price. <laughs> well we do it we'll do this live on the show uh, I think it was a quest I don't know okay anyway I'll find it later alright I and so I haven't purchased the, the quest 3 yet only because I ran into some other financial issues with my house and my kids so my disposable income is not as High as it was maybe a couple months ago or last month or the last time we talked about this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go unlock some of my Bitcoin somewhere. <laughs> uh, but speaking of the metaverse and the parent company Meta, uh, they've had one of those good week, bad weeks type of situations this week. First of all, they reported record sales as their ad rebound is continuing. Uh, 
Basically, they reported their largest quarterly revenue since going public more than a decade ago as demand for advertising picked up and the company continued to reap the benefit of cutting costs and developing new AI technology. Meta's sales increased to $34.1 billion, up more than 23% compared with a year ago. This represents Meta's third quarter in a row of rising revenue after the company saw its business shrink for most of 2022. The 23% increase is Meta's largest year-to-year growth in revenue since the third quarter of 2021. So um, basically, their their fortunes turned around during what CEO Mark Zuckerberg has called the year of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Investors have been encouraged by improvements to the company's ad targeting capabilities and advancements in AI. Its turnaround in advertising has been a crucial factor in its rebound after Apple in 2021 implemented privacy changes that erased $10 billion of revenue for Meta in 2022. So they went back to their roots with obviously Facebook and Instagram and advertising and um I think they they got they sort of downplayed the metaverse stuff, although recently with the the Quest Three they've ramped it up back a little bit. Um, they jumped on the AI train just like everybody else did. Um, their big contribution is the those AI chatbot assistants like Kylie Jenner or is it right right Tom, Tom Brady Tom Brady and yep. Mr Beast which are getting that, that's what we getting need. canned all over the place. I haven't, I haven't gotten access to them yet, but. Because we need that, right? Oh, that's the last thing I need in my <laughs> life. Is well, what about um, Threads? No, isn't Threads well, part of Threads? Was launched, and yeah. you know, I haven't gone on Threads in probably since the last time we talked about Threads. Yeah. Um, no interest at all in that. Same here. But I mean, I've also dropped Twitter X. Like I don't use that as as much anymore, if at all. Um, you know what I like? Yeah, I've tried this recently. It's this new thing. Um, just called, you know, like getting together in person. <laughs> I was going to say social new, interaction. Newspapers. I, I've tried that. Well, no. So no. I mean, it's just social interaction. Social media. You know, just seeing someone's face. Yeah. Right in front going of out and actually hanging. Shaking someone's, having, shaking having someone's hand. Yeah. Giving someone, you know, like a fist bump. you like, hey, give them a wave or something. That was awesome. All right. So that was the good, that was the good news for Amanda. The bad news is this was, this was big news. Um, a coalition of 41 states in the District of Columbia are, have filed lawsuits alleging that Meta Platforms intentionally built its products with addictive features that harm young users of its Facebook and Instagram services. The lawsuits in federal and state courts say Meta misled the public about the dangers of its platform for young people. The states also allege that Meta knowingly has marketed its products to users under the age of 13 who are barred from the platform by both Meta's policy and federal law. The states are seeking to force Meta to change product features that they say pose dangers to young users. Um, these lawsuits basically followed failed settlement talks with Meta, according to people familiar with the situation. Uh, this comes after a joint multi-year investigation led by Republican Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti of Tennessee and Democratic uh, Philip Weiser of Colorado. He's the Attorney General in Colorado. Um, I'll tell you, they don't need they don't need much evidence to, to show that Instagram is is uh, addictive. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I can I can certainly send video of my three teenagers using it and just sitting there staring at you know. Just well, doing this all day. I I I'll admit myself, it's addicting for me. If yeah. if I have ten minutes to kill or fifteen minutes to kill, I'll just start scrolling on Instagram and seeing all these little funny videos. And again, what, TikTok too. I mean, it's a TikTok thing as well. What do you think makes it addicting? I I haven't been able to. You know what? I haven't really thought about it or pinned it. It's I could tell you. Okay, go ahead. What is so, it? in my opinion. <laughs> but you don't use you don't use all this stuff. I have Instagram. 
Okay. Do yeah, you, are you? Would you claim that you're addicted to it? Uh, I think we're all addicted. Okay. I all think right. we're all so addicted least, all right. to an so, extent. Okay. To an extent. But right. I mean, whether it's whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even your Facebook newsfeed, it's the it's an algorithm. The algorithm is okay. designed to put the things that you want and like to see in front of your face every time you scroll up or down. Yeah. That's it. It's the algorithm. It's the algorithm. So it's, it's That's like, what makes it addicting. It's just like this hit of little, it's the hit of dopamine that you get when you watch something. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's funny. And it, and, and it goes, oh, well, you've been watching this for a full minute. So I'm going to send you more like that. Exactly. And you, you you hovered over this. And the same thing with YouTube. Let's not forget YouTube. Oh, yeah. YouTube shorts are the same YouTube, way. YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. It has an algorithm. Mm-hmm. It exists. Um, I wish we could get on that algorithm to get more people to watch our content. Right. But if we want it to be less addicting, if we want our platforms to be less addicting, it needs to not function the way it does currently. Well, it can't so, run off of an algorithm like that. So if you change the algorithm to start sending me things that I don't want to see, then then I'll just stop. What it what it means is <laughs> you're going to have to or I'm look just gonna for yourself. Scrolling. You're you're going to have to look for yourself what you want to see. I don't know if they're ever going to do that. Of course not. Yeah. Because they, how can you make money off of that? How could you monetize that? Yeah. It can't be monetized. So yeah, I mean, and 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 the advertising revenue that they're getting from that sh- is showing that it's working. The algorithm's working. The algorithm is working, and the you know people are are scrolling through things, um, and some of them are clicking on these ads because you wouldn't if you're an advertiser, you're not going to support someone that it, you're not going to support a platform if they're not if people aren't clicking on it, right? Right. So, you know. It'll be interesting to see if they settle this case, um, because it's, it's clear. I mean, they've got they've got documents. I'm sure that the governments have you know a lot of evidence here, and then, but who knows? I mean, the government has not been good at reigning in big tech over the last five. I five, I, four, five I think, years. and I'm pretty pessimistic on this, but I, I don't think anything's going to happen to this. I mean, look at how they they handled. Um, shoot, what is it? Uh, what was the big hearing they had? Probably TikTok. F- yes, TikTok. Yeah. Oh, speaking of algorithm, yeah, there's TikTok. Um, yeah, I, I tried to bring that up earlier. Yeah, but looking at how they handled that, I mean, again, I don't think anything's going to happen of it. Well, TikTok has great lobbyists that apparently have yeah. just gotten these government people to to ignore the whole issues there. Right. All right. So I don't know where how this is going to end up, but. Um, it, I'll probably Mike, probably Facebook will win at, at some point slash meta. All right, let's move on to AI corner, uh, which is our little, I just made this segment up, but oh, we've got okay. two stories uh, in the AI space. First of all, uh, over half of employees have no idea how their companies are using AI. Uh, I guess you could take this as either a good news, bad news thing. Um, exactly how AI is taking over the workplace is still a mystery to many workers. Over half of employees at 54% say they have no idea how their company is using AI. According to a new survey conducted by UKG, a human resources and workforce technology company. Uh, this is despite the fact that the majority of C-suite leaders at 78% say their company is using artificial intelligence today. Executives who responded to the survey estimated that 56% of their workforce is directly using AI to automate or augment their job tasks. Meanwhile, among workers already transparently using AI, 75% say it makes them more efficient, productive, and accurate. 
This result matched a majority of workers surveyed at 75% who said they would be more excited about AI if their company was more transparent about how they were using it. So there's a disconnect between workers who don't know whether their company is using AI and you've got the C-level executives above here who are saying, oh, yeah, 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 we're using it. We're using, we're using it. Oh, we're oh using they it. are definitely going to have plans oh, I'm on sure using that, AI. Yeah, I'm sure that they're yep. not going to use it at all to eliminate any of these employees. No. Um, now, the, the half of the ones that do know that AI is being used, I think it does show that once you use it, it does help you become more efficient. In theory, in certain ways, I mean, you and I, I mean, we keep exploring all of these tools. Um, just for example, some, should we even reveal this, Chris? Yeah, what, what I'm going to have to admit I have a confession. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. I think we talked about this last time on our last, our last news roundup. I think we did, but it needs like it to helped, be official. It helped, you build, it helped you build a website description page, right? Is yes. that what you're going to talk about or you're going to talk about this show in particular? I was just going to say in general, okay. I mean... I, I know we poo-poo on AI a lot. <laughs> well, we, we take have both. To admit, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to keep it right down the middle here. I know, I'm, I know. I know, I'm, I know I'm, 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 I'm saying that there's good and there's bad. There's good and there's bad. Dark yes, side, light yes, side. Yes, you yes, know yes. that. But generally, I try to lean towards the bad a little bit just because that's you're, cause glass, you're glass half empty. You're a I, I'm a miserable, person. miserable guy. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I used it a couple times uh, lately. Um, again, I was building that website and um, it helped out yeah. astronomically. And, we and will, I think we should admit that we're uh, using it to help try to optimize our headlines. Just to video optimize titles. to write, just, man. Like, yeah. I, I deal with video all day. It's it's like my my yeah. um, writing skills aren't that great. So, I, you know, I use it to try to help, uh, you know, put a draft of something together. And then, you know, you edit it after the fact and it works out. But, you know, I did use it sometimes to try to, like, optimize, like, titles and descriptions and stuff like that and it does great it does great so you know using it here and there yeah but um yeah it should definitely not we've used it for some we've used it for some thumbnails on maybe concepts that we've been talking about on the show that we don't necessarily want you know my face or the guest's face on there so we've done those um so i do like some of the image stuff uh dolly three is really impressive that's from, the uh, image that's the image creator one. from right. from open ai so they make chat gpt they've it's also been integrated into bing with microsoft's investment so i've used dolly 3 with bing and i've created some some very nice uh images just practicing on certain things um the use of letters and numbers are a lot better than dolly 2 was mm-hmm. um i have not i'm, I'm hoping that mid-journey will uh follow suit at some point too with uh uh, a better way of of getting those those numbers and letters drawn because that would solve a lot of problems I've had with some of these images we've created. Um, yeah, I, I think th- that's some of the ways that we've been using it. I we could dive so much deeper into a lot of AI tools. I just haven't found the motivation yet to learn to get over that hump of. All right, learning how to use it to optimize some of these tasks. I, think the, I, I don't. The, I don't necessarily have a lot of. Um, I don't necessarily have a lot of redundant yeah. or dull tasks that I. I think need the automated. best way to like learn how to use it and stuff like that, and, and and learning a way to try to integrate it and what you do is to just play around with it. Yeah, just mess around with it. Right. Just 
you know, I think if most, throw, if throw most people anything pl- at it, yeah, if they, if they play with it, if they find some of these tools, if they, they practice with it, they might find that they will be more efficient. Um, and it's probably better to be understanding of this rather than yeah. just be ignorant I, I think, of it. I think what would make it easier for people to adopt or learn more about how to use AI is to literally treat it like a AI person. Like you have a robot sitting next to you. Like right. a Jarvis, right? Just ask it anything. You, you know ask what? Ask it a question. You know what term is already annoying me? Which because everyone's using this term to describe their AI tool. What's that? Copilot. Oh, Copilot. It's yeah. it's it's a brand that Microsoft is like they're calling all of their AI Copilot stuff. But I've seen other companies kind of co-op. They they need to call it Kit. <laughs> kit. Only Just if it, it comes kit. in a black Trans Am. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, just call it a kit. I don't know why they can't call it Jarvis. I suppose that Marvel Comics would have an issue with that. Yeah. Um, Copyright license name. I don't know. Yeah. But kit. What about kit? There we go. I don't know. The people from Knight Rider might get upset about that. But that's the idea, is that they're, that they're, they're not there to take over your job. They're just there to help you do things better. Right. Unless you've got one of those jobs where you have a job that or a task. I mean, I mean most I, people are saying that it's, it's going to automate tasks, not automate jobs. Yeah. I was looking through um, sh- my shorts the other day. Uh, it was either Facebook or, or Instagram, but uh, something came across my feed and it, it was showing um, these uh, people plastering drywall. Yeah. On the ceiling. Yeah. And one of them had those robotic uh, packs on them. Okay. You know, the, those hydraulic robot yeah, yeah. things, like an exoskeleton. Yep. And it was helping her keep her arms up. Yeah. Without, without drywall. Without pain. Without, you know, fatiguing your right. physical right. muscles. It, they were using these exoskeletons and stuff like that. And kind of like that, you know, it's just there to give you, uh, you give know, you a helping, hand, give you a lift. Hand. Yeah. Um, oh, I had a really good comment. Now I've lost my train of thought. I mean, it's good for people. Uh, who can't, you know, who have issues walking and, and moving and stuff like that. I know Hyundai, Hyundai invested uh, a little bit of their stuff into yep. that tech. But yep. anyways. All right. If I remember what my thought is, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, come yeah, back to fine. that. But um, there is one more story which concerns me a little bit. Uh, and that is uh, another, a new tool is letting artists fight AI image bots by hiding corrupt data in plain sight. Um, so. The latest effort to protect artists and their creations is Nightshade, a tool which allows artists to add undetectable pixels into their work that could corrupt an AI's training data. This is according to the MIT Technology Review. Nightshade's creation comes as major companies like OpenAI and Meta face lawsuits for copyright infringement and stealing personal works without compensation. University of Chicago professor Ben Zhao and his team created Nightshade, which is currently being peer-reviewed in an effort to put some of the power back into artists' hands. They tested it on recent stable diffusion models and said, and an AI they personally built from scratch. Nightshade essentially works as a poison, altering how a machine learning model produces content and what that finished product looks like. For example, it could make an AI system interpret a prompt for a handbag as a toaster or show an image of a cat instead of the requested dog. The same goes mm-hmm. for similar prompts like puppy or wolf. So it's going to so it's going to make it inaccurate. It's going to try to mess it up. Right. Yeah. So there's a on this engadget story, you have that up here, right? Uh yes. So see if you can walk me through this this little chart. This here? Well, the second, yeah. So 
Can you call, uh, can you zoom that in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Uh, you might even see if you can zoom in on the dog one. Wait, hold on. Let me just open up in a new tab here. All right. I think I understand what this is now. Yeah. There we so go. with the clean model, which is the top left picture, that's a dog. Oh, I, I get it. Okay. I get it. So the second one, the second one down in the column is 50 points. So now they've, they've said they put, uh, they've, they've corrupted 50 samples with this poison pill and the photo of, and the AI image of so, the dog is not as good. So, so it's working from the top to the bottom. Top to down. Right. Right. So eventually they, with 300 samples, turns they, a dog into a cat. They were turning a dog <laughs> into a cat. And so then the car was turned into a cow. The handbag was turned into a toaster. Oh, okay. The hat was turned into a cat. Okay. Now I finally get it. I when get I first it. looked at this, I'm like, fantasy all right. Art. So then so fantasy art became pointillism. Cubism became anime, cartoon <laughs> became impressionism, and concept art became abstract. So this is, I guess, if you're an artist, you could use this tool to insert this stuff so that it wouldn't train yeah. it to copy your work, yeah. in theory. Interesting. So it'll see if this this is a way that artists can, can fight back. Mm -hmm. um, but this goes to, this is something that could potentially ruin AI. Because it we've dis we've discussed this before, and this could be this could be done with with text based things too. I'm assuming that if you have enough, it's that whole garbage in garbage out theory. That right. if you if you have if you infect the training data with the, bad content, it's going to produce bad stuff. Okay, go, Chris. You've got you're, you're pointing at me. Excited. This is the uh, Agent Smith of the Matrix. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. It's gonna go which, in and which, infect. Okay, so now we're we're living in a simulation. There you go. Right, Chris. We found We've, we found our Agent Smith. So, Agent Smith could bring down this this AI this if whole AI, AI revolution. If AI is Keanu Reeves, then this is Agent Smith. <laughs> we need to find our our Keanu Reeves. Who's going to save us from this poison pill? Yep. But you know, all right. So this is the last. This is the last sentence of this article. Okay. Tell me how you feel about this. All right. Uh, companies oh, looking to remove the poison would likely need to locate every piece of corrupt data, a challenging task. Zhao cautions that some individuals might attempt to use the tool for evil purposes. <sighs> might. But that any real damage would require thousands of corrupted works. So... In order, yeah, you would almost have to scale this to a point. Like again, you don't get to see the cat until you've done it with three hundred samples, and I'm and I'm sure an individual artist is not going to have three hundred samples of their work. No, that would be poisoned. Right. Um, you would have, you know, but again, maybe locating which ones are corrupted could be an issue. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the point is, I want I want the AI image to look better, right? As well, an end user. Well, when you ask for a dog. You're just going to end up with a cat. Sometimes you end up with a cat. Or if you ask for a car, you'll get a cow. Isn't that, isn't that a metaphor for life? It feels like we should just end on that note. It's, yeah, it's not bad. Sometimes when you want a dog, you get a cat. And sometimes when you want a car, you get a cow. Yep. And sometimes if you want cubism, well, you get anime, <laughs> which isn't that bad. All right, sir. Thank you for joining us on the roundup for this week. No problem. All right. That's all the time we've got for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, ask any questions you have below, comment, give us some feedback. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.